from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Happy Monday to you. I am Jake Scorheim, your host. Matt, how was your weekend, buddy? It was all right. How was yours? Fantastic. It's a fantastic weekend. You couldn't believe a better weekend. No, it's fine. It's a fine weekend. <laughs> I got three kids. Groundhog Day, man. Every single weekend is the same thing. You're just killing time. But it's Monday. I'm excited. It's a new week. I love Mondays. Behold, a fiendish masterpiece from the bowels of hell. Yeah. <laughs> Mondays, boy, I hate Mondays. They make me he's so steamed. Weekends, I go for the weekends. Oh, 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 oh. Son of a all right, so here's the thing. Uh, we have a really, really great show tonight. We have a ton of great guests. We have a ton of great audio. I promise you, we will not have time to get everything that I want to talk to. Wait a minute, that didn't sound right. We will not have time to get to everything that I want to talk about tonight. We just can't. Three hours isn't enough. I asked them if they could throw in an extra hour. They said no. That's fine. Whatever. That would be too late. My wife wants me to come home at some point, so we can't do it. But we got to get uh, address the elephant in the room first. Ratings just came out. We get these things. Let me explain to you how this works. We get ratings, uh, I don't know, weekly, monthly. They do this whole thing. But what they really care about, what salespeople really care about, is our book, which is like a collection of three months put together. They then take that out to people, and they say, hey, look at how great we are. So we just got the rating book in, the holiday book. And our show, Matt, I don't know if you know this, but our show did really, really good. Were you aware? I am aware, yes. Yeah, you're aware now. I am aware. Yeah. Really, really good. So I want to thank you guys for that. Fanta- I mean, like, not just, like, really good, but, like, pretty, pretty, pretty good. I'm not going to tell you exactly how well we ranked, but I will say this. In all of the area, everything that you have the, uh, the, the possibility of listening to, we only had one station beat us. I mean, you can do that math pretty easily. We had one station beat us. Christmas music. Ugh. But you know what? It ain't Christmas no more. So, what does that mean? I don't know. We'll see. Here's the problem. They told me this news on Friday. And I got caught. Here's, and here's another thing about me. It's just too much information. I'm just share a story. It's, it doesn't make me look good. This is not a flattering story. But this is the place where I can share things with you guys. You're pretty forgiving. And I'm a human too, right? Like, we're all human beings. We all make mistakes. So, Friday, they call me in. And they say, hey, Jake, we want to have a meeting. And I'm thinking like, all right, you know, what do they want to talk about? So they say, we got this really great news. Your show's doing really, really well. Congratulations. And I said, oh, that's great. So I came out here and run outside. I'm all red faced and excited. I tell Matt about it. We're all excited. Then I go home and I have a super fat head. Like the whole rest of the weekend, I have a big fat head, kind of gets to my head. I'm kind of walking on sunshine, walking on air. I'm like thinking to myself, you know, oh, I better not. And this is a really gross thing to admit. And, and this is real. But I thought to myself, with all these people listening to the show, I better not talk when I go into safe, like Fred Meyer or Safeway because somebody's going to recognize me. A famous person needs to like worry about being seen. But when you're in the radio, if somebody hears your voice, then they might recognize you. That's pathetic. Like I shouldn't be thinking that, obviously. So I go into church on Sunday. Uh, Sunday morning, this is this is me getting my comeuppance. So stick with me for a minute. I go into church Sunday morning. We're late. We get to church late. And, which is not uncommon, I have three kids. We get to church late and we sit in kind of the spillover section because we go to the service that's pretty pretty full because that's the latest we can get there. We like to sleep in. 
and we get there to the latest service we can possibly get to. It's very full. It's so full that the normal seats, like the pews and all the comfy seats that actually have uh, uh, padding, are all taken, of course. I've never actually felt those with my behind. I've only sat in the like overflow plastic seating that they put out at the very end. We sit down, and I have a cup of coffee with me because I... I don't need to explain coffee. You guys get coffee. I have a cup of coffee with me. I'm sitting in the seat. And again, I've got a fat head. I'm thinking to myself, oh, I better not sing these hymns too loudly. Someone's going to look over their shoulder and want an autograph, which is not true. It will never happen. Uh, But I'm sitting there and I'm like playing with this cup of coffee and my wife is sitting next to me. And somehow, and I don't know why I do this, but somehow I shove my thumb up underneath the bottom of the coffee cup and... 10 ounces of scalding hot coffee just instantly go bloop. Like I could have left my finger in it and probably kept it from spilling as quickly as it did. I didn't because I was stupid. And so, Matt, what I did was I pulled my thumb, just instinctively, I pulled my thumb out and then the hot coffee just goes boom and just drops straight into my lap. That plastic seat that I mentioned at the beginning of this that I was sitting in instantly filled with coffee. And now I'm in this like a molded plastic seat. So the coffee's got nowhere to go but into my pants. So I'm now sitting in hot coffee. I have hot brown water just like soaking into my pants. My underwear is soaking wet. And my wife, God bless her, sitting next to me laughing her head off. She thinks this is the funniest thing in the world. She's been living with me for the previous two days. She knows that my head is fat. She can see this is probably good for my ego that this happens. And so I'm just sitting there and now I'm panicking. I'm like, what do I do? Do I get up? And do I go try to get some napkins to dry this and draw But I would draw attention to myself. It's in the middle of the sermon. Nobody's getting up. Nobody's standing up. I'm just sitting there in this wet chair. I have no clue what to do. So I decide, all right, I better go dry this because it's just getting wetter and wetter. And my pants are just getting more and more soaked. So I walk to the back. And on my way, I slip, of course, because coffee is not spilled onto the ground. I slip and I make my way to the back. Now I'm drawing a little bit of a commotion. And again, in my head, I'm like, oh, does people recognize me? No, they're not. Uh, it's because I had a wet brown bottom. I get to back to the napkins. I bring it back to my seat. I dry up the seat. And all I have left to do is just like sit down on them for the rest of the 20 minutes till the service is over. And then at the end, I'm all nervous because when I stand back up, I'm just going to have this like hot brown pants for the rest of the, the rest of the outing. And that is how I ended my church service. And then my head deflated completely, as you would imagine it would. And I learned a valuable lesson, which is to double cup. Uh, The Lord works in mysterious ways. And this is just how God taught me the lesson. But all that to say, thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. It shows. My bosses appreciate it. Me and Matt appreciate it. Lisa appreciates it. So thank you guys. It's a lot of fun. All right, let's move on really quickly. We got to get to trivia. We do a a pretty jump the gun there, Matt, but pretty close. We do a trivia thing every single day. We play an audio clip. It's from a movie that I love. I don't tell you what it is. You guys can hit me on the text line, 888-973-5476. That is the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. You can guess on there. If you get it right, I'll do my best to get back to the text messages. I will tell you, if I cannot get back to you in time, then you can find out at the top of the next hour when we do the news roundup, we will reveal the answer to this. But for now, good luck. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. (laughs) 
I love that clip. All right, uh, good luck. You can hit me on the sex line. Let me know if you know that one. Now, Matt, do your thing. All right, I don't know if you guys knew this, but today is National Weather Person's Day, a ridiculous holiday I had no idea existed. Don't get me wrong. I have nothing wrong with weather people, but I feel the same way about their profession as Tom Cruise does about psychiatry. I've never agreed with psychiatry, ever. And then when I started studying the history of psychiatry, I started realizing more and more why I didn't agree with psychiatry. Why I disagree with psychiatry. You guys remember that clip on today's show? It's pretty funny. Um, so here's why I don't think much of weather people. Because, obviously, they're just guessing. I understand that they're reading sonar or they're reading uh, Doppler weather scans or whatever they're doing. But it seems to me that more often than not, weather people tend to get it wrong. And then when big storms come, like, weren't we recently supposed to have a massive snowstorm in our area? And they were, like, saying, oh, it's going to be anywhere from an inch to two feet. You remember that? Yeah, supposedly. It was, like... Two weeks ago, when, yeah. it, when we had that cold spell, and they go, oh, the next day. And my neighbor brought a uh, my neighbor bought a snowblower. I went to Costco. Generators, like out the door, people were buying generators just because it was going to be so bad. And then it was, yeah, it was cold. They got that right. It got really, really cold. But we didn't see much snow. I saw like a dusting. I got all excited about that. But the history, for anybody who cares, not that you do, uh, but for anyone who cares, National Weather Person's Day honors the birth of one of America's... I got this from the National Weather Person's Day thing, so you can, that's where it's from. Uh, I honors the birth of one of America's first weather observers, John Jeffries, in 1744. He began taking daily weather observations in Boston in 1774, and he took the first weather balloon observation in 1784. I mean, it's interesting that he was doing that back then, but whatever. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, that's about as far as the profession has evolved. Essentially, they're just looking up, right? Just telling us what it is. Do what I do. Just check your app on your phone. It tells you what 10 days out is going to be. It tells you when the rain's coming. It tells you within like 10 minutes. It says like you can expect the drizzle to end in 10 minutes. It's amazing. And I don't know why, but I check it 10 times a day. I think because I'm 40. But I find it very, very fascinating. All right. Uh, what else are we going to cover here? Let's move on, Matt. Let's quit dogging on weather people. I feel bad. You guys have heard of Ozempic, right? That weight loss miracle drug that's all the rage. Uh, if you watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I'm sorry that I know that, but I do. Or if you're a fan of Oprah. Allow myself to introduce myself. My name is Richie Cunningham, and this is my wife, Oprah. Apparently, this is interesting. We're going to talk to uh, Mickey Gomez about it later in the show. Uh, apparently, in Washington State, people are overdosing on Ozempic. I didn't even know you could do that. And no, it doesn't just mean that people get like really skinny really fast. It's a bad thing. And it's really like coming out both ends. It's not a good deal. Uh, but people are overdosing on it because they're not understanding that you're only supposed to use it a certain amount and they're using it way more, which is, I guess, what the definition of an, of an overdose would be. Oprah recently talked about Ozempic and how much of a miracle drug it was. Not miracle, miracle drug it was. And I think that's probably... Why so? Why it's so popular? Oh, you all have been seeing the headlines, the new weight loss drugs. Everybody's talking about Ozempic, Wigovi, Manjaro. Are these new drugs a miracle cure? Are they safe? That's what we all want to know. I don't know if there is another public person whose weight struggle has been exploited as much as mine over the years. So this is amazing to kind of understand that my obesity is also a brain issue. Well, that means the conversation was worth it. Yes! I am so excited that we finally have effective treatments for obesity. 
for almost 50 years, I've been told it's my fault. I know. The stigma isn't going to go away overnight. As a person who's been shamed for so many years, I'm just sick of it. Thank I'm you. just sick of it. I'm just sick of it. And I hope this conversation begins the unshaming, the unshaming of it. Oprah is sick of it, guys. She's super sick of it. Uh, and she hopes it's something unshaming. Anyway, there's a lot of people overdosing, dangerous stuff. Don't overdose on it. And Mickey Gomez is going to tell us about that next hour. Not next, next hour. So stick around for that. It is, it's very interesting. And I just find this fascinating that, uh, that this thing that's being... All these drugs that come out, people call them miracle drugs, all these different things. You've really got to give them time. Give them time to sink in. Let people try them out. Like, that's what I like to do. I, like, I, let, I let other people try things before I jump in on them. I see if they start growing palm, a hair on the palm of their hand or something weird. And then if none of that happens, then maybe I'll give it a try. Not Ozempic because I'm don't know. i fairly fit, so I don't need it. All right, uh, let's move on. This was really great news. Do you guys remember those protesters? Uh, you can read this article at MyNorthwest.com. About a month ago, a bunch of pro-Palestinian protesters shut down I-5. Like, completely shut it down. And the way they shut it down is that they all got together and they decided they want to have a protest. And they were trying to uh, call for... Uh, uh, peace in the Middle East. And they were deciding to, to to accomplish that by shutting down I-5. Now, I don't know how that is accomplished by shutting down I-5 in Seattle, but that's what they wanted to do. So what they did was they all got together in their cars and they drove to, uh, they drove north on I-5, just past, the, um, just past the convention center, and then they all stopped their cars in the middle of I-5, parked them at weird angles so people couldn't get around, and blocked everyone behind them for five hours, five-plus hours. So police, Washington State Patrol, they get called to the scene. Obviously, when I-5 shuts down, people are pretty quick to get there. Cops are pretty quick to get there. They get there, and they start negotiating with these protesters. And an hour goes by, two, three, three and a half, four hours, four and a half hours goes by. Finally, the protesters leave. Not because they negotiated to leave. It started raining. They just didn't want to protest in the rain. And Washington State Patrol, there was a lot of people who were up in arms, myself included, because... They didn't arrest anyone. More than 500 people participated in that protest. Chris Loftus, he's the Washington State Patrol communications director. We actually talked to him shortly after that. He explained to us why they did not make any arrests that day. Not a single one. Now, I'm reading all these stories. I see countless videos. Was was anybody actually arrested from this protest that happened? Not yet. Uh, we were in the process of uh, doing a mass arrest event uh, when the weather changed and the protesters uh, left on their own accord. So just just to lay it out, when we do a mass arrest, uh, there's a, a very specific series and cadence of, uh, of processes that have to be attended to. You have to give people the notification that it's about to happen. You have to repeat that notification. You have to do it in such a way that everybody can hear and understand. You have to tell them where they can go, where, uh, you know, uh, to, to avoid arrest, et cetera, et cetera. And we had scheduled that for 4.30 in the afternoon, uh, thinking that we would have all of our resources in place by that time. We were still short a few officers in our, uh, our, our arrest teams. We actually have teams that are trained in this sort of uh, event. And so we bumped it to 4.45. And right before that, about 4.40, uh, a, a weather system came in with hail and lightning. And the... Um, the protesters left on their own court. Maybe in the future, police can just bring those like rain machines that they use at uh, on movie sets and things like that. Just 
I guess that would be like just spraying people. Could they just do that and just get people out of the middle of the road? You should not be able to block a main roadway like this. In fact, we spoke with somebody else, Senator Drew McEwen. He has uh, he sponsored a bill called Senate Bill 6160 that would increase penalties for unlawfully obstructing traffic. And so I don't blame the state patrol troopers. I blame the, the lack of political backing. And so what this bill does is it makes it a gross misdemeanor to block traffic. And if you're ordered to disperse, it now becomes a felony. I recognize there's a number of prosecutors, especially in the metro, King County metro area, that probably would not pursue those charges, but it gives police teeth to make the arrest and dissolve the situation so that uh, that these that these incidences are not uh, infringing other people's freedoms. And that's the bottom line. So the good news on this story is, again, you can read about this at MyNorthwest.com, that police have, Washington State Patrol, are preparing to recommend six charges. Now, again, there's 500 people, so six charges is not a giant bunch of them, but it's a start. They're going to recommend charges for six people later in the week, and they're looking at 10 other participants. They're also being investigated who could also face charges, which I think is great. I'm all for peaceful protest, but you shouldn't be able to take over somebody else's life. You shouldn't be able to block a freeway for six hours just because you want to make a political point. There's parents in that roadway. There's parents trying to get through traffic to get to their kids. Can you imagine being stuck in that traffic and you're trying to pick up your kid at school or you miss being able to pick up your kid at school because somebody's trying to make a political point? No, thank you. I don't like it. Not at all. All right, we got a lot of great stuff coming up, including next. You're not going to believe this audio we have for you. You're going to laugh your way through it. I promise you. And for the rest of the show, tons of great stuff. Matt, what do we got? Coming up on tonight's edition of Cairo Nights, there's been increasing reports of overdoses from the popular diet drug Ozempic. Mickey Gomez will join us to talk all about that. And Cairo News Radio's resident historian, Felix Bunnell, will have a story about a mystery house in Kirkland. All that plus the news roundup and more great stuff. Keep it tuned to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorhan. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scoreheim. All right, welcome back to the show. You guys can keep guessing on the uh, Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. I keep forgetting the name of that, but that's what it's called. 888-973-5476. All right, I saw this audio earlier, and I have to play this for you. We've highlighted a few of these before. Young people who go on TikTok, and for whatever reason, they just decide that TikTok is the place to complain. Now, if I was a young person and I was going to go on TikTok and I was going to complain about something, I think I would probably cover my face, not because I was ashamed. I mean, in my case, yes, I would be ashamed if I was going on TikTok and complaining. But for these young people, I wouldn't want to be remembered for this. Like, God forbid, something you say actually gets noticed and people noticed this girl and I feel kind of bad for her, but still, I'm going to play the audio. All right. So this girl's on TikTok. She's young. She doesn't say exactly what her age is, but I would guess somewhere between the ages of about 23 and 29. That's what I'm going to guess. So I would say somewhere in her 20s. She was venting a frustration, her frustration that she has to work 40 hours a week and that she can just barely afford life. Now, we played one like this before about a girl who was complaining. I think she works for Walmart or something like that. She was saying how she can't afford to live on her own. This girl can't afford to live on her own. And she explains that living on your own is really expensive and it's really tough and uh, it's so exhausting. And she just hates it, hates how much she's got to work. Listen to this. Oh, let me see if I get to my, my bad. Here we go. Here it is. Why is it that I have to work 40 hours a week just so I can have a place to live? 40 hours a week makes me $2,000 a month. And 
my rent is $16.60. So I work 40 hours a week so I can have a two bedroom apartment and an extra $300 a month. Like, it doesn't cover my phone, internet, food, you know? So not only do I not have any extra money, but just working makes me so exhausted that I don't have time either. Well, she should try having kids. All right, so here's one thing that she might, I mean, just from listening to this, I don't know this girl, but I'm a dad now. I have three kids. Someday they're going to come to me and they're going to have problems and they're going to have questions and I'm going to have answers because I'm a dad. And even if I don't have answers, I'm still going to give them advice, even if it's bad advice. What? She, okay, let's like break this down for a second. She said that she works 40 hours a week and she makes about $2,000 a month which means, or she has, she says, about $2,000 a month to spend, which means she's probably making, what, like $2,300, $2,400 a month? Is that about right, Matt? So if she's making about $2,400 a month, she's making anywhere between $40 and $60 an hour. I don't know exactly how much she makes, but somewhere between $2,000 and $2,400. So she's making $40 to $60 an hour. And she says there that she has a two-bedroom apartment. Now, unless unless she's a twin, then I think she probably doesn't need the extra room. So I would recommend just like a immediate savings is to either rent that other room, save on half your rent, boom, that's an extra 800 bucks a month, or downsize to a studio. She could do what I did. And when I had my early jobs in my 20s, I rented a tiny, tiny back room in a dumpy house in Seattle with a bunch of guys who ended up becoming like my lifelong best friends. Still to this day, I love them. I hang out with them. And they're like the godfathers of a couple of my kids. So I really think that's another option for her. And she talks about spending, what she said, she's got like 300 bucks left for a phone and her internet and stuff like that. You can cut way down on that stuff too. I mean, Mint Mobile, they have like a $15 a month plan, which is a great deal. And Ryan Reynolds owns it and he's cool. All right. uh, She broke down for us her brutal, brutal schedule. Listen to the schedule, you guys. How could she even? Like I get off work at 5.30 come home i'm just so tired and i don't mean to laugh at this honestly it's like it's revealing dark sides of my insides i don't want to reveal to you guys why is it when i hear young people complaining about how hard work is it puts like a grinch smile on my face you know the one that like slowly spreads and curls up and feels evil why do i feel evil when i laugh at this but it's funny can't we all laugh at this matt is this not funny to you I get why you're laughing at it. It's, I don't know. You would never go online and complain about this. You would never go online and complain about having to work too much. No, because that's not my style. Instead, what I would do is I would write a voluminous critique with multiple bullet points and then post that like a manifesto. Okay. Well, also an odd thing, but maybe better than like putting your face on TikTok. I'm so tired that like, Anything that I need to do outside of work, I then just push off to, like, the weekend. And I'm like, I'm just too tired to do this after work. I'll wait until Saturday. (laughs) So then I end up with so much to do on the weekend that ends up having to be split into two days. Oh, my gosh. This poor thing. This poor, poor thing. Did you hear that? She has to work so much during the week because she works till 530. I guess she goes to bed at 6. She has to work till 530 every night. And then on the weekend, she still has so much stuff to do that she has to do chores on the weekends. 
Did you not hear my hot brown pant water story from this weekend? Do you think I'm having wild weekends just because I make more money than her now? No. Yes, but you needed that to keep you humble. I did need that to keep me humble. That's right. That's right. I was getting the fat head. So I have to do stuff on both Saturday and Sunday. So then I don't get a day off. I don't get a day to relax. I well, yeah, she does. She's cho- she's choosing not to relax on Saturday and Sunday. She could do anything on either of those two days. She could get all her chores done a little bit each night during the week. I don't get to decompress. So it is really like working seven days a week constantly. And I, I don't want to do that anymore. Well, I understand that. She feels like she's working seven days a week. Who wants to work seven days a week? And she just says... It's exhausting. She can't do it anymore. She doesn't care how little money she has. She's done. I don't care how poor and miserable I would have to be, but I literally can't have a place to live without this, you know? Like, I don't know what to do. I'm not... I'm going to pause it there real fast. I would like your advice to give this girl... We can't. Obviously, I'm not going to reach out to her. I'm not going to pass along her advice. I would like to read your advice to this girl. I remember when I was young, I had a job that I was working a ton. I was in my 20s. Actually, no, how old was I? I was younger than that. I was probably 18 years old. It's one of my first jobs. Actually, no, it was actually probably one of my third jobs. It was one of my first real jobs where I had shifts and I was working nearly 40 hours a week. They capped me out at 35, so they didn't have to pay me health insurance. But I was working at a place called Tully's, which is a, used to be a coffee place here. It was kind of an imitator of Starbucks. And what I did there is just, I'd be slinging caffeine all day. And I'd work, I did the morning shift because that was the shift that I found out. All that, you actually get the most tips if you work in the morning. So I would get up at 4.30 a.m. in the morning, in the summertime. Again, I'm like 18 years old, so I, I was, this is in my summer breaks. And then actually after this, when I was in college, I would work weird shifts. But I still worked at this place for a while. So during my days, I would, uh, in the early mornings, I'd be pushing caffeine. And then in the afternoons, one of my customers who came in uh, owned a construction company. And I got to know him because he was a cool guy. His name was Kelly. Shout out to Kelly if you're listening. Uh, he said, hey, if you want to make some extra money, you can come to my work sites in the afternoons once my work sites are closed up. And you can push a broom because I can see how little skills you have. So you can push sawdust around and I'll pay you 10 bucks an hour. Now, that was fantastic money, way more than I was making. Minimum wage back then, I think, was like somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, $7, maybe like five eighty, six fifty, or something like that. So for 10 bucks an hour, I could just push around a broom, listen to the radio all night, and I could get an extra, like he was giving me an extra 25, 30 hours a week. So I'm working at the coffee shop. I'm working there. I'm probably working 65, 70 hours a week and just swimming in minimum wage cash. And it was fantastic. And I loved it. It was exhausting. It was really tiring. But there's other ways that you can make money. I'm not made for this. I don't have the money, time, or energy to enjoy my life outside of work. And I don't know what to do about it anymore. You know, I'm so tired. All right, here's my here's my advice, and I'm going to say this as a dad, and I say this lovingly. Uh, I don't love her, so I don't know, it's not that loving. This is my advice, and I think this is the advice that our listeners are giving too. Just don't complain about it. Just like stop whining about it. 
Like there's uh, there's another great option you have that you and I guarantee you you wouldn't be as tired. I I quit. I quit. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I quit, Mr. White. I promise you if you quit, that $1660 you need every month for that apartment, that's not coming in. You're going to feel a little bit differently about that job. And you're young. The sky is the limit. You have so much earning potential in your life. Find a roommate. Find a cheaper phone plan. Quit whining. Quit posting stuff to TikTok. I believe in you. You can do it. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. All right, just to show you guys how honest I am, I need to make a quick correction. As many of you have pointed out in the text line, my math sucks. It's really bad math. I, uh, I carried the four wrong. I did something wrong. So that girl we just played you, we just played you some clips of this girl. She was complaining on TikTok about having to work uh, 40 hours a week and barely being able to afford her apartment. And she sounds like this. Home, oh, I'm just so tired. I'm so tired that like Alright, so I said I broke the math down and I said Well, if she's working $2,000 Or she's making $2,000 a month She's working 40 hours a week Then she must be making somewhere between $40 and $60 an hour Now clearly, that's not the right answer Even when I typed it out, I was like That just doesn't sound right uh, As many of you have pointed out She probably makes somewhere closer between $11 and $15 an hour Which would break down correctly So Obviously, I am not a mathematician. I don't math good. So thank you guys for pointing that out. I'm sorry uh, for putting my foot in it. All right. So I want to get to something else I saw, which was really funny. I actually thought this was really interesting because if I was trying to get people to uh, watch my sport, let's say that I was a professional athlete, which would be amazing. Uh, If I was trying to get people to watch my sport, in this case, girls soccer, I actually might be able to hack it as a professional girls. No, that's not true. I couldn't even get close. Um, this is not the approach that I would take. The U.S. women's soccer team captain, name is Lindsay Horan, she was giving an interview in, what is this, The Athletic, and she was talking about American fans. And she had some very funny things to say. She said, American fans, they don't know the game. They don't understand. American fans, she says, most of them aren't smart. She sounds like Trump. Most of them aren't smart. She says, I'm going to piss some people off. Uh, continued adding that people are more and more knowledgeable, but so much of the time, people take what the commentators say right. And she went on to say that the commentators don't even know what they're talking about. And she will often have to argue with her own mother, who says that she saw on TV that she played a good game, and she says, no, Mom, I wasn't playing a good game. All that to say, calling your fans dumb, saying they don't actually know what they're talking about, I don't know if that's such a great idea. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. She also said that fans in France really understand soccer and they understand her game. And so those people know football. And my my response to that is she's not wrong, actually. Soccer is not a, as a big a sport here in America. Obviously, it's massive everywhere else in the world. It's huge in Europe. It's huge in France. And they play some great soccer. Go watch a PSG game or something. It's fantastic. It's really, really good. But how many times has France been to the bone? Huh? Exactly. It's not like a it's not like a total dunk. It's a total win. But um, I, I hope she's nicer to American fans. All right. This was another thing that I saw that was kind of interesting. The BBC had this 
And this was a really funny story. The BBC has a story where they're pushing, because of climate change and everything, they're pushing this new technology where you can actually build your house out of uh, straw. And the reason I found this so funny is one of the first comments in the story was somebody wrote, it feels like a wolf wrote this story, (laughs) which is just dumb and funny. Um, So according to this BBC article, and again, I don't know like meters, and you clearly have just heard that I don't know math. So they use a bunch of measurements here that I don't get. But they say that actually on homes of the future, there's this new technology where if they have the right thickness of insulation for this compressed straw, not like a bale of hay, but a compressed bit of straw that, and they say it's like between three and 400 millimeters thick. And again, I'm not... I don't know how thick that is. I couldn't even tell you. So if you guys know, hit me up on the text line. You could let me know. But they say that this is this really effective way to insulate your house. And it's fairly inexpensive. So people in the future will be able to build their houses out of straw. Traditionally, in uh, the Three Little Pig story, that didn't work out so great. But obviously, we don't live in a world of wolves. And so maybe it works out great. I don't know. That's debatable. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Good point. I do wonder, though... um, Mice, like, would do you think you could think that mice would be an issue in this because they could like burrow through straw if it's super compressed? Maybe that's not even an issue, and maybe they've already factored that in. But the reason they use other types of insulation, like spray foam insulation, is a really effective insulation. I don't know how great it is for the environment, but it like literally closes every single little gap so that mice can't get in and they can't burrow and they can't make their homes in there. It's not warm and cuddly. They also can't get food if they get in there, so like, there's it's a good way to keep your mice out. But is this going to work? I have no idea. I would be interested to see. But I thought that comment, did a wolf write this? Pretty funny. All right, we got a lot coming up. We got the news roundup. We also have, if you guys haven't guessed yet, we have the trivia clip. I'm going to tell you the answer to that. Tons of great stuff next hour. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be right back here on Carbon Nights. I feel occasional burning and stabbing.